Welcome, welcome everyone to the back to the three of seven podcast. Uh, the meat of today's episode is going to be a recording of a call that we did the other night for our Patreon members called Resurrected, and the topic is going to be what it feels like to do the work. All right, and I talked through this both from a uh, perspective of my time in the SEAL teams, like what it actually felt like to do the work as a SEAL. And then we talk about it from a spiritual perspective, what it feels like to actually um, do the work within the body of Christ, whatever it is you've been called to do. And it's a, sometimes we post these recordings, not always because these are live calls that we do for our Patreon members, but this is one that I just feel like I, this topic's been on my mind for the last week or so, and I couldn't, I can't say it better than I said it on that call. So there's no reason for us to hash it out again, and that's why I'm putting it out on here. So this episode's brought to you by our Patreon members, first of all, because we wouldn't be able to have these conversations without the people who support us on Patreon. So thank you guys, patr patrons. For making this episode available to the rest of the world. Hope you get something out of it. By the way, I named some names in this episode. And I talk about some people who who I think are a little out of line. Um, I'm not trying to be mean. Just know that we will talk about some people, other people, like your buddy Jordan Peterson, Chili, and Steve Harvey. My buddy. And some people that are putting out some messaging that I think um, is incorrect, hasn't been very well thought through, or they have no authority to be putting out, period. So, uh, no, I'm not trying to be mean about these people. I don't know these people. All I know is what I see them saying on public platforms, okay? Don't be offended by that. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, all right? Wanted to throw that out there. What's up, boys? <laughs> hey, man. You going to beat me at this race or what? You talking about the 24-hour live stream on the treadmill, December 10th and 11th? Yeah. No, probably not. No, that's what, that's what they say. They say I'm going to lose. They say I have no chance. And I'll have to, I, I have to agree that someone like me who's never raced before has no experience with running is kind of just a n normal guy, quote unquote, muscular guy. <laughs> no weakling, just a normal weakling. Never ran, never, never worked out pretty pitiful. Why would I think that I had a chance against a Navy seal superstar legend like yourself? Well, I have to tell I have to agree that logically a sound person would not think that they could that they could win. So I have to agree. If you think Chad's gonna win, you're probably right. Well, I won't let you guys know what we're talking about because we haven't announced it on the podcast. But just like Chili said, December tenth and eleventh, we're gonna race each other side by side on true form treadmills. And if you don't know what those are, it's a human powered treadmill. They don't have motors. It's the curved treadmills. We don't know. We can't find where this has ever been done before. If somebody's ever ran 24 hours on one of this thing, one of these things, they didn't document it. So we're, we're going to be some 
new territory. We don't even know if it's possible, but we're going to go as far as we can side by side in 24 hours. And we have our tech guy over here, Blake, who uh, has got a whole setup, multiple cameras where we can live stream this thing on YouTube in high quality. It ain't, you know what I can't stand about the live stream feeds in, in like Big's Backyard or any, any race that live streams? They look it's, like they're filmed with a potato. It's freaking crap, man. You can't even watch it. I'm like, I've tried that a couple times. Like I've tuned in to some race, uh, you know, some event that's doing a live stream. And I'm like, I can't, it's so grainy and terrible and there's no audio. I can't even tell what's happening. Why would you even put this out? So our goal for you guys is to put out a good live stream for you to be able to watch and tune into, follow along. Um, But the foundation of why we're doing this is to raise money for David Charbonnet's clinic, VIP Neuro Rehab. It's a nonprofit neuro rehab clinic in San Diego. David heads up the clinic, and David is actually flying out here. He's going to MC this whole thing for you guys. So he'll be monitoring your comments. We're going to have Q&A sessions. We're going to have ways for you to uh, donate to David's clinic. We've got a couple people who have um, who have promised to donate $25 per mile that we run. That's pretty awesome. Uh, but on top of all that, to give back to you guys, we're, we've got dang near, I don't know exactly, but around $10,000 worth of stuff to give away. From Vortex Optics, Shea Butler, Custom Knives, uh, Matt Bach, which is a tactical company that manufactures the highest-end tactical gear out there. Uh, we've got multiple 307 Project products. Hoist. Hoist. So we got a ton of stuff. Good stuff, not junk. Good stuff. Like thousands and thousands of dollars. One of these optics we have from Vortex is like a $1,300 scope. <laughs> like high-end stuff to give away to you guys. And I think every other hour, we're going to be giving something away. Right, Chili? I mean, based yeah, off roughly. of the, yeah, yeah, roughly. Every other yeah. hour, we're going to be giving stuff away. But you guys can tune in and watch this, and it's going to be on the 307 Project YouTube channel live, 24 hours straight. And uh, I'm super pumped about it. We're taking, obviously, I guess now. So I've raced against a guy named Noah Cochran twice, once at a race called the Georgia Jewel, it was a 100-mile race. Noah Cochran finished first. I finished second. And then I raced against the same guy uh, at Mid-State Mile 2020. Uh, I came in first. Noah Cochran came in, I don't know, somewhere, down, what, four or five, something like that. Uh, so we're, Well, what does he have to do with well, So I'm one for one with this guy named Noah Cochran, and... Um, yeah, that's that's true. I mean, because what does that have to do with anything? Because on yeah, I'm I'm racing against a guy named Chili on this uh, treadmill race. So uh, I'm just saying, look, I guess the bets for you guys, if you want to make bets, is you can bet on how bad I'm going to beat Chili. All right. So if you want to make right. bets, place your bet on will Chad beat Chili by 50 miles. Is he going to beat him by 25 miles, 10 miles? All right, so there's where your bets are. Yep. There's really no sense in betting on who's going to actually win. 
No, I mean if you've if you've determined. got if you've got some bet going around about just who the winner's going to be, you should bet the house on Chad. Yeah, bet the house on him. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm I'm telling you, I'm not going to win. So <sighs> you should just place it on how by how bad he'll beat me, just the margin over under. You just play an over under game, over under ten miles, over under twenty, something like that, and then we may set the line at like over under twenty. Okay. Yeah, that's a good way to bet. Yeah. Uh, what time on December, at noon? Noon, noon December tenth, Eastern time. Yeah, yeah, noon to noon. Is there any other time? I'm on Eastern time. There ain't no other time to me. <laughs> yep, there is. It's noon, my time. Few others. It's noon, my time, son. I run the clock around here. So there's that. Y'all better tune in for this. It's gonna be epic. Um. Subscribe to the dang channel, too, by the way. If you're not a subscriber, you can't participate in the yeah, giveaways. that's a good thing to say. So, this is, is the way it is. All right? If you can't click subscribe, then whatever, man. Freaking want to fool with you. Um, oh, hey. We got the Proving Grounds Troop 6 in March on the website. You open open enrollment for one week? Yeah. Open enrollment for one week. If you want to sign up for the Proving Grounds Troop 6 in March, the January Team Troop 5, January, is full. All right? The new dates for Troop 6 in March, what's the dates? 3 to 5. March 3 to 5, 2023. You got one week open enrollment. After that, it's application only. So if you want to train then go sign up. If you don't want to train, turn this freaking podcast off because I got nothing for you. All right? If you gave up on life, you don't want to train, you don't want to get better, you don't want to learn, you don't want to work, you're in the wrong freaking place. So keep listening to the podcast and freaking train, man. Don't be a turd. Coming soon. Coming soon. We got fanny packs and beanies on the website. Boco. Yep. Boco fanny packs and beanies on the website. It's all kinds of stuff happening up in here, son. Them fanny packs are big, too. Yeah, I mean. Carry you. Yeah, I need to get one of those. They're I, large. Can yeah. I have one of those? Yeah. Okay. I only got 50 of them. So, well, 49 now because I want one. Well, yeah. A few people have already bought one, so thank you to those people. But um, it's pretty pretty exclusive because i we, we got a bunch of beanies and everything but fanny packs not everybody can is cut out to wear a three or seven fanny pack so we only That's made true. 50 of them so if you want one just know that and um they are very big they're adjustable in the waistband a few people have asked me that you know if you can make it bigger or smaller you know well yeah so is that uh they're one well made they're nice small. got a big old pocket everything else but they uh they're freaking huge so you can probably i it's the biggest one I've ever seen. Carry your pistol in that. Oh, yeah. All right. Last thing. This episode is also brought to you by Hoist, our hydration partner here at 307 Project. You haven't tried Hoist? Well, then you're probably just sitting on your butt all day and you don't need to hydrate. If you need to hydrate because you're actually doing hard stuff and sweating and getting after it, then you need to go and get you some daggone Hoist. It's what we use here at 307 Project to keep us fueled. We used it at our trail race the other day. Everybody that we've uh, recommended hoist to and allowed to try it, they love it. We love it. Tastes great. 
awesome company. It's got everything you need in it to keep you going longer. It is proven to hydrate you better than regular old water because it has all those nutrients in it. Okay? You know how those work? It works, son. I don't need to know how it works. I just need to know it works. <laughs> let me let me tell you a funny story real quick about hoist. They make when we go hunting, I bring a bottle of hoist to the stand with me cuz I'm usually sweating by the time I get up in the tree in my climber. And so I get me a drink of that hoist and then I usually empty it. And when you're hunting, you don't want to pee on the ground cuz the deer will smell you so you you got to have a good pee bottle. So I pee in the bottle of hoist. I do the same thing. A hoist bottle stand. makes a great pee bottle. Yeah. Mm, there yeah. you go. It does. And the hoist tastes so good. Everybody loves it in my house. And I got home. I had my pee bottle full of pee in my fanny pack. And my oldest daughter runs in here and, oh. and robs my hoist bottle out of my fanny pack that I'd hunted with because she loves to drink hoist. And I was stand, I walked in as it happened. She took a big gulp oh. and immediately spews it out and says, what is in this bottle? <laughs> and it was full of pee. She had drank some pee. You know. Because hoist yeah, tastes so good, she rough. gets what she can get. <laughs> well, look, man, if you ain't ever took a swig out of a pee bottle, then you just ain't living hard enough. Uh, which by, I've never took a swig of somebody else's pee. <laughs> That'd be I mean, that's, that's rough. <laughs> I mean that's rough right there, man. But but that's your daddy's pee. There's a many a times that I have took a big gulp of my own urine. Old too. Um, when I was in buds, I got to peeing in bottles. That's where I started my journey of bottle peeing. Bottle peeing, and the reason is because first phase in buds, you're living in a in a barracks room with four other dudes. And you're in a bunk bed, and I was, I'm pretty sure I was, yeah, I was on the top bunk because I remember after Hell Week having to take my mattress off and put it on the ground because I couldn't crawl up into my top bunk because my body was so destroyed. And so I took my, yeah, I was on the top bunk. Well, if you get, you, when you have to pee at night, if you want to go, you got to get up, crawl out of that bunk, walk down a hallway that's lit up with fluorescent light, walk into the, the community head and take a pee. By the time you do all that, you're already back wide awake, right? So the thing that made sense to do is get is to have a bottle there, and that's where I started peeing in bottles, and I've enjoyed it ever since. Yep. Um, but but it will bite you in the butt sometimes because you, you're going – you know, back before Hoist was around, back in them days, I had I would drink Gatorade. And I always liked the yellow Gatorade. And so that screwed me over even mm -hmm. worse. It was hard for me to differentiate what was the yellow Gatorade and what was the the, the uh, piss. Well, you were definitely dehydrated if your pee looked like yellow Gatorade. Oh, Good yeah, yeah, grief. yeah. No, you, yeah, you're dehydrated. In, I mean, in first phase buds, yeah, you're dehydrated. You're working more than you can hydrate. I mean, you have one canteen on you, on a canteen belt, and that's what you carry around it's with you all day. It's rough when you're pissing out. Yellow Gatorade. You're you're dehydrated in buds. Let me tell you how. Okay, I'll tell you a little Navy SEAL training story real quick. All right, in first phase buds, in this top bunk that I used to sleep in, I can remember on many occasions waking up in the middle of the night 
and I would be running in place in my bed. My legs would be moving, my arms would be moving, and I would wake up and I would be soaked in sweat. I don't know, that's never happened to me on any other occasion other than when I was in first phase buds. And somehow it was just that stressful that you would do that. Has that ever happened to you? 100%. Okay. Yeah. It's weird, man. I've never woken up real sweaty, but I used to, um, I've heard of people that are, they fight like kickboxers or whatever, that they'll wake up in the middle of the night throwing a kick or something. I used to wake up running. I mean, I would wake up and I'd, I'd be going like that. Yep. Yeah. It's weird, but. It is weird, man. I so, was never real sweaty, but. I, I would wake up and I'd be pouring sweat, man. My bed would be soaked. and um, It was getting ingrained in you, man. People want to yeah. talk about muscle memory. Yeah. That was what was happening. You're, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Your brain's going through some crazy crap. So check them out at drinkhoist.com. Get you some, man. You can get a subscription. They just send it to your house however often, and it's always there. Support the companies that support this podcast. Y'all want to talk about voting? You think your daggone vote counts? Don't derail this thing now. Let let them get on to the message. Yeah, uh, the message is coming. You think your vote counts? No. You want to vote? Vote with your money. All right? Spend your money with companies that care about America, American values, our public servants. Hoist is, supports our military. They support. I mean, tangibly. They sent you a bunch. They sent you a whole crap load of stuff the other day to take down to the local the fire fire department and bought everybody's dinner. Yep. Like they they like they put their a, money where their mouth is, man. They sponsored a student for the proving ground, a veteran. Yeah. So how about you quit daggone spending money with all these people? And companies that have terrible values, you want to vote? You want a vote that counts? Vote with your dang money, man. That's what the Jewish people do. What about holidays? Don't don't even start, Chili. <laughs> well, he started it. I just figured he wanted to get it all out. No. Look, this is not a podcast within a podcast. This is an intro. Now, 15 That's, minutes. I think, no, 18 minutes. <laughs> Jeez. Well, here's the okay. All right then. No one well, likes no one likes your philosophy on that, do they? No, people are offended about my philosophies on the holidays. Yep. I'll All talk, right, guys. I'll thank talk, y'all for tuning in. I'll Get ready. Here's the, the message. I uh, hope you guys like I'll it. If you do, share it. Leave us a review on iTunes. Get ready for it, guys. Well, actually, if you like this, you need to go to Patreon and start joining us live on Resurrected because that's where this. If you like this type of content, which a lot of y'all won't like it, and I don't give a crap. But if you do, that's where it happens at. So here it is. Shut up, Blake. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Chad dragging his darn feet, man. Well, we got about five people on the call tonight since I'm teaching. I think, yeah, two or three. They all know you. he's going to be talking tonight. <laughs> man, you know what? It's, it's important to me. Uh, actually. Uh, maybe I should say this diff- in a different way. Can y'all all hear me? Okay. I, I really value uh, you guys that show up to Resurrected Live, man. I know a lot of people listen to this after it's been recorded. I got a good mind to tell Blake to quit recording these things. Um, he won't do it. He won't listen to me. 
But I value the fact that you guys choose to set aside time on a Sunday night for us to come together live and do this. Um, that to me is one of the coolest aspects of Resurrected. I could sit and, and record this on a podcast and release this to you guys, right? Just, just as easy. But the coolest part of Resurrected is the live aspect. When we get to hear from you guys at the end, when I get to see you guys' faces. And even though we're not here in the same room together, I know we're all here together setting aside this time to study God's word, to share our testimonies, and to hopefully speak life into one another. And that's a big freaking deal, man. That's a big deal to me. Do y'all know that? Do y'all know how often I, I sit around and I think, how in the world did, did, the Holy, did, did Jesus, the Holy Spirit, how did he bring us, 307 Project, to a point where we can muster people from all over the country to sit down and have a conversation about God's word live? How did that happen, man? Like, that's a big deal to me. So I just want to tell you guys that show up every Sunday night and take time out of your night, even probably when it's not the most convenient. I appreciate you showing up for these calls live, man. It just means a tremendous amount to me. I just had to put that out there. Uh, I'm glad to be here. I got the greed hunter right here beside me. Blake's already killed one buck this season, but he chooses to just keep on hunting because he's greedy. He's, he's a greed hunter is what I call him. And so what his modus operandi now is he comes and hunts of an evening. He runs my stinking four-wheeler out of gas, then sends me a text and tells me your four-wheeler's out of gas instead of putting more gas in my four-wheeler, okay? And then when he's done hunting, he comes in my house uh, while I'm generally eating dinner, and he does something to aggravate me. He, he'll make little comments and little snide remarks. And so that's what Blake's doing these days. He's greed hunting. Welcome, greed hunter. What else is a brother to do? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, what, what should I do? Go put gas in his boiler and say, thanks, thanks, big brother, for uh, providing all this for me to hunt. No, I mean, I ought to aggravate him about it, right? What, I mean, what do you guys think? Would you do anything different? I'm not kidding you. I sent me a text yesterday. I said, your, your four-wheeler's on reserve fuel. So well, I know where you keep your dang gas uh, at. Anyways, that's not what we came here to talk about tonight. I just want to introduce the greed hunter over here. Uh, hey, all right. If you haven't been on Resurrected, the way this works, I'm about to bring something to you guys that's been on my heart. I sat and formulated this message actually this morning. And, um, and then afterwards, we're going to open up the call. You guys will be able to raise your hands and uh, chime in on the conversation. And it doesn't have to be about the conversation. It can be whatever's on your mind tonight. All right? And, and we'll take time to do that. We generally finish up. Uh, I'll finish up my part usually within about 20 minutes, and then we'll spend another 20 minutes or so at the end uh, having conversation. So that's the way it works if it's your first time on Resurrected. The first thing that I want to kick the night off with tonight is um, I want to, I, I want to, I, I don't know if you guys need to be warned about this, or I, I don't know if I call it a warning. I, I just want to make a statement, all right? And the statement is, you and me and everybody else needs to beware of individuals that are teaching from the Bible who have not professed Christ, all right? Let me go ahead and tell you right now. 
this book is not some, some co compilation of metaphorical stories to try to tell you how to live a good life. That is not what this book is. This book and everything therein points you to Christ, your Savior. That is the purpose of this book. It is not metaphorical. It is not meant to teach you how to live some perfect life. It is to point you to Christ in which you are screwed without Christ. You, me, and everybody else. And that's what everything in this book says. And let me tell you right now, you need to beware. And I'm going to call somebody out. I don't like to talk bad about people on here, but I'm going to call somebody out because I saw it today on on Instagram. And let me tell you, it fires me up. If you can't tell, it fires me up. And it makes me want to go even harder. But I see this guy coming up all the time, man, and he's one of many. And it's this Jordan Peterson guy, and he's teaching out of the Bible. And as far as I know, this dude has not professed Christ. Let me tell you what, you if you don't profess Christ, you can't get what you need to get out of this book. Therefore, you do not need to be teaching from this book. Now, I'm not trying to be ugly here, okay? I'm not trying to call anybody out. These people might have all kinds of good stuff to say that help you out in other aspects of your life, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you, if the person who you are learning from the Bible from does not profess the physical life of Jesus Christ, God in flesh, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, the burial of Jesus Christ, the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ and the ascension of Jesus Christ into heaven, therein making intercession for you, me, and every other sinner on earth. If they don't profess that first, shut your mouth. Y'all hear me? Beware of this. Because you're going to see more and more and more and more of it. And you're going to see these people that teach from this book reaching millions upon millions upon millions of people teaching from this book that will not profess Christ. And I disagree with it. And I'm going to tell you what it makes me want to do. It makes me want to go harder told Blake the other night. I told Blake the other day on the podcast, I said, you know, a lot of times I wonder what the crap do I want to be known for? If I could be known for one thing, what would it be? And let me tell you what it would be. It would be a Bible teacher that led people to Christ. If I could be known for one thing, I don't give two craps about being known as a billionaire. I don't give two craps about being known as a business owner. I don't give two craps about being known as an ultra runner. I don't care about being known as a Navy SEAL. Do you think any of that matters to me? None of that matters to me, man. If I was to be known for one thing in my life is to be a Bible teacher that that teaches sound wisdom from the scripture and the words of God that leads people unto Christ. That's what I want to be known for. And you know what? I have failed a lot along the way of, of, of being the person and creating the life that in order to, that, that I would be known for that. 
I've got off track. I've got sidetracked. I've got distracted by squirrels and politicians and all this bull crap, man. But when I see these daggone people teaching out of scripture that won't profess Christ, I'm going to tell you right now, maybe it was God's will that I saw that post this day uh, 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 on, on Instagram. Because let me tell you right now, son, it fired me up. You ain't going to get what you need to get out of this book if you don't know Christ. If you don't, if you are not filled with the Holy Spirit of Christ, this book is, you're not going to be able to read it and understand it the way that you should. All you're going to see it as is a bunch of old stories that are metaphorical, trying to point you in a direction of a happy life. That is bull crap, man. The message of Christ is so much more powerful than any sort of motivational, live a good life, be a good person. The message of Christ is, it, it, you can't even, they don't even, what the, they're not even on, on the same level. I'll get off of that. Hope none of y'all got offended by that. If you got offended by that, raise your hand. All right. You think everybody's going to raise their hand? <sighs> All right. Did any of y'all, have any of y'all heard about that dream I had last night? Okay. I saw, okay, I saw a few of y'all raise your hand. If you haven't heard about that dream I had last night, raise your hand. Okay, quite a few of y'all then. What the crap, Blake? You ain't heard about that? You must you must not listen to the Enough Said podcast today. No. Well, no. I'm gonna tell a few of y'all about it. I'll keep it brief since some of y'all already heard about it. I had a dream last night. I was living in some uh uh you know time in the near future, and essentially in my dream, the communication or technology had collapsed, and uh and and I, it was just all unfolding before my eyes of what was happening. Right. I'm going to get straight to the point that I want to talk about this. Now, let me tell you right now, let me preface this. Do I believe that God can, can speak to you through dreams? Yeah, I believe that's scriptural. Um, I think you need to also beware of that, and I need to beware of that too, especially if you're a new Christian. Don't start thinking every dream that you have have some spiritual meaning to it or it's sent from God. All right? It's easy to get sucked into that, right? Because you want it makes you feel special, like God reached out to you in a dream. I'm not telling you that this dream came from God. It probably just came up in my mind, but it had something to it that took me back to scripture. And that's the first thing you need to do. If you ever think there's a meaning to a thought or a dream that you have, you better go reference that meaning with what God's word has to say. And if they aren't in alignment, you better go ahead and forget the daggone dream. All right. And even if they are in alignment, take the lesson from it and don't think that you're special because God sent you some dream because he probably didn't. All right, so uh, there you go. I had this dream last night. Yeah, technology collapsed. People were freaking out. What was crazy, I'll get to the very end of it. What was crazy, there at the end, the bottled water was running out. Bottled water was running out. And all these people, and this would be, this would be what would actually happen. People, couldn't, people thought they were down to their last bottle of water, and they didn't know where they were going to get any water from, so they were starting to die first. And it was funny to me because the dream was in this town I live in here, and there's two rivers that come together to make one of the biggest rivers in the nation called the Coosa River. It flows all the way out to the Gulf. 
And I got, and, and I'm looking around me and all these people are thirsting to death because they, they, they're dependent on this bottle of water. And I'm down at the river with my little water filter and I'm pumping water out of the river and I got all the water I need. And, and I'm trying to convince these people, you're sitting here thirsting to death and you've got more water right here than you can possibly use. The problem was they didn't know how to tap into it. They didn't know how to purify water. They didn't know how to filter water. They thought if they got down there and drank that water, it was going to make them sick. That's what they thought. So they're sitting up there thirsting to death, and they were literally surrounded by more water than they could possibly use. The problem was they didn't know how to freaking reach it. They didn't know how to utilize it. And I got to really pondering on that today, man. And you know why I got to pondering on that? Because we are surrounded by people who are spiritually dehydrated. They are thirsting to death. We are literally surrounded by the same type of people that I saw in my dream last night. They are thirsting to death. They're dying spiritually of thirst. And they are literally surrounded by the most abundant resource of living water. It's ever present. It's in everything. It's surrounding us. It's in us. It's everywhere. They are surrounded by this resource that is inexhaustible, that will quench their thirst. You know the problem? They don't know how to tap into it. They don't know how to tap into it. And you know whose fault that is? It's our fault for not showing them how to tap into it, not showing them how to use it. It reminds me of when we teach people to filter and purify water on the basic course. It opens their mind up like, holy smokes. Wow, I don't have to pack two gallons of water in for a two-day hike? No, man, you can use the water that's there. It's inexhaustible. It's everywhere. But I got to show them how to, how to utilize it, right? Got to show them how to tap into it. So in a big way, it's our fault. You know, but also those people in that dream, you know, they were looking at me like I was crazy because I was down there tapping into that water. And they thought, oh, man, that's that's that doesn't look like a good idea. He's going to get sick. Well, I knew the whole time it was the best, best thing on earth. <laughs> Couldn't get them to believe it, though. So part of it's their fault, too. So the burden lies on both of us. I want to tell you right now, Jesus Christ said, whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become a spring of water welling up in his life. I want you guys to look around at the dehydrated, thirsting to death people that are all around you in life. And I want to tell you something. And I want to tell myself something. Shame on us if we don't tell them how to tap in to the spring of living water that is Christ, that is inexhaustible. If we don't tell them how to utilize that resource that is omnipotent, omnipresent, that is literally in everything, we don't tell them how to tap into it and we just sit there and watch them thirst to death, shame on us, son. Tell me you ain't surrounded by some thirsty people. Yep. You've probably been like me a lot of times, just sitting there and watching them thirst to death, sipping on there, nursing their little last bottle of water, just trying to get through, just trying to go as long as they can go. 
but they know that last bottle of water is running out. Yeah, and you're down there at the creek, just sucking all the water you want. Yeah, yeah. I want to share that with y'all. I want to share another thing with y'all. We're switching gears now. We're switching gears. Did anybody? Did, 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 did does anybody disagree with what I just said? All right. If you did, you can raise your hand later and tell me about it. If y'all can't tell, I'm a little bit excited tonight to be talking about God's word. All right. If y'all can't tell, I hope you're excited too. Okay. Because if you ain't excited, you don't understand what you've got. Let me say that again. The water that I will give him will become a spring of water welling up into eternal life. No, hold on just a minute. I said eternal life. I said eternal life. If that don't fire you up, if that don't get you excited, then you must already be dead. No, I said eternal life. Huh. Don't forget that, son. We're switching gears now. Gone, I done went on at 18 minutes. All right, let me try to get through this. What are you looking at, Greed Hunter? Hey, let's switch gears. I made a post the other day. You know, a lot of things have been coming to me here lately. I don't know what's going on. I made a post the other day. Talked about what it feels like to do the work. Well, you know, we have a lot of people out there talking about do the work, do the work, this and that. Talk about what it feels like to do the work. Now, let me tell you why I'm going to talk about this. You know, I made this post and I talked about it. We're going to go in depth and tie it in biblically, biblically here in just a minute. Somebody, this cat made a comment on this post, man. Made me want to pull my hair out. I talk about what it feels like to do the work. This comment says, hey, Chad, how does it feel to get up every single day knowing you're going to effing get after it? Because I tell you, it feels amazing. And I quit responding to comments on Instagram. But I wanted to say, hey, brother, if if that's your life, good for you. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you that ain't my life. And that's why I'm addressing this right now. What it feels like to do the work. That's why I'm talking about this, because there is so much bull crap out there that tells you that there is some way to wake up fired up like you're just going to crush it every single day. Like there's some way to, 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 for that to be your existence. There's a lot. You know why people talk? You know why people put that message out? Because it sells. Because it sells. That's why they put that message out. That's why I'm addressing this. Now you're talking about, we're talking about Bible stuff right now. Well, you might be saying, what work? Before we talk about what it feels, how it feels to do the work. Maybe we should talk about well, what work are we what what work do we have to do? We're Christians, right? Once we accept Christ, we're good, right? We're supposed to sit back, kick back, enjoy salvation, ride out the rest of our lives, and then we get to go to heaven and be in paradise, right? What work are you talking about? <laughs> oh, oh, 
If you, Christian, have recently decided to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, let me tell you right now, that's the easy part. The work is beginning. What work? Let's look. 2 Timothy chapter 4. We can find all kinds of stuff in the Bible. Let's look. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. This is Paul speaking by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Let's talk about the work. Preach the word. Be instant, in season and out of season. That means stay ready. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. How do you reprove, repro reprove, rebuke, and exhort with long suffering and doctrine if you, do if you don't know the doctrine? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, they shall heap up for themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. All right, what work? But watch thou in all things. So now we're required to watch. Boy, this is sounding like a lot of work, man. Now we're required to watch. Endure afflictions. Holy smokes. Christian, did nobody tell you nothing about this? Would you sign up for this program? Huh. Do the work as an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. There's a lot of work wrapped up in that couple of verses right there in 2 Timothy, right? What work, Christian? The primary job of an evangelist is to spread the gospel message. What is the gospel? The good news of Jesus Christ. Everything in this book points you to the good news of Jesus Christ, his uh, life, death, burial, and resurrection. As an evangelist, you should travel from place to place, teach the word of God, proclaim and communicate the gospel of Jesus to this world, right? As an evangelist, that is you carrying out the Great Commission. 2 Timothy says, do the work of an evangelist. Let me tell you what my experience has been in doing the work. All right? Doing the work. You know, I reflected back not long ago on my experience as a Navy SEAL. And I'm going to start it off with this. I reflected back. I'm still reflecting back on my experience as a Navy SEAL quite often because I have never really thought about what I had done in the past. And so these things come to mind and I spend time reflecting on them. And I thought, you know, in terms of this message, what did it feel like to do the work? And let me start off with telling you something. The work when you're doing it ain't never going to feel like what you thought it was going to feel like. Let me go ahead and be up front with you. You've built it up in your head. You've got some painted picture in your mind of what it's going to be like when you actually get to start doing the work. I painted that picture for an entire year and a half as I went through the most, the most arduous training in the U.S. military where they beat me, broke me down, and nearly killed me. I had painted this picture of what it was going to be like when I pinned a trident on my chest and I got to go and do what? Do the work. <clears throat> well, let me tell you right now, 
it was nothing like I imagined it to be. Now there were moments, very brief moments, where it was as cool as I thought it was going to be. There were very brief moments where I knew I was really making a difference. There were very brief moments where I felt high speed and low drag. But let me tell you what the rest of the moments felt like. The rest of the moments felt like I was loaded down with 300 pounds of gear and I was slugging in the back of a patrol through a swamp on night vision at 2 a.m. Because that's the reality of what the rest of the moments were like. To move up to a target and probably not even get to take a single shot. <laughs> that's what it felt like to do the work. And I remember as a new guy going out on some of my first training ops thinking, wow. This ain't what I thought it was going to be like. I just tripped over a root and fell face first into two feet of water, and I'm in a mosquito-infested swamp. I don't have any peripheral vision, and this gear is so daggone heavy, I feel like it's about to break my back. I can't move faster than a box turtle right now, and I thought I was going to be high speed and low drag. And there were so many moments throughout my career where I realized what it's like to do the work ain't what you think it's going to be. What has it been like? What's my experience been like? Let's now shift gears into what has my experience been like doing the work of an evangelist? Well, it's been much like my experience as a SEAL. There have been moments, and there will be moments in, in your walk with Christ where it is going to be everything and more that you cracked it up to be. But I promise you there'll be brief moments. When you're doing the work of an evangelist and you're leading a broken human being out into the water to baptize him or her in the name of Jesus Christ, that's one of those moments where you say, this is it, man. When you see somebody accept Christ, when, when, when you finally grasp something, the Holy Spirit gives you something out of scripture that you've been wrestling with your entire life and you finally grasp the truth and you get answers to the things that you haven't understood in the past. Those are those moments where you say, this is what it's all about. This is what I thought it was going to feel like to do the work, right? There are those moments and there have been those moments for me, but I'm going to tell you, I can count on these fingers right here, the number of those moments over the last decade. I got saved in 2012 as 2022. In the last 10 years, I can count on these fingers and probably have a few fingers left of those moments doing the work as an evangelist where everything was exactly what I thought it was going to be. And I want to tell you, Christian, you are not alone. We all have the same experience of what it feels like to do the work. I've been studying the book of Acts here lately. You want to read a book. You want to read a book in the Bible that portrays a bunch of sons and daughters of Christ doing the work, read the book of Acts. That's what it's all about. Read the book of Acts. I've been studying the book of Acts. I've been enjoying it greatly. I've actually never studied the book of Acts. I'll tell you what inspired me to do it. little side note right here. Do you know that 
the book of Acts is um, is a historical account of the early church of Christ after Jesus. It, it is it is a literal historical account, obviously inspired by the Holy Spirit. I read this the other day. This is in this book. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. If you guys haven't read this yet, then uh, you are you're cheating yourself. Read this the other day. This is speaking about the book Acts. Suppose someone wrote a book in 1980 describing your hometown as it was that year. In the book, the author correctly describes your town's politicians, its unique laws and penal codes, the local industries, local weather patterns, local slang, the town's roads and geography, uh, its unusual topography, local houses of worship, area hotels, town statues and sculptures, the depth of the water in the town harbor, and numerous other unique details about your town that year. If the author claimed he had visited your town that year or said he had gotten good information for, from people who had been there, would you think he was telling the truth? Of course, because he provided details that only eyewitnesses could provide. That is the type of testimony we have throughout the most of the New Testament, especially here in Acts. Do you know that in Acts, there are 84 facts, facts in the last 16 chapters of Acts that have been confirmed by historical and archaeological research. 84 facts in the last 16 chapters that have been confirmed by historical and archaeological research. Many of these sources confirming the, the facts listed in the book of Acts are non-Christian sources. It would actually be better for them to disprove the Bible than to prove it. So when you read the book of Acts, you should be intrigued. Because like all other books of the Bible, you are reading literal truth. Literal historical truth. All right. Been reading the book of Acts here lately. Something stood out to me that I read this morning. I want to share with you guys. We're back on now what it feels like to do the work. I'm about to close here. This really stood out to me. Acts chapter 9, verse 15. We'll start in verse 15. Now, this is Paul. Well, at this point, his name is Saul. If you guys don't know the story of Saul, you should go read the first part of Acts and also some of the epistles that Paul wrote. Well, Saul was called by Jesus Christ to do the work of an evangelist, right? And this is when he was being called. And this really stood out to me. And this is... Jesus talking to the messenger that he is sending to Paul. So Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus. Bright light, Paul was blinded. Jesus called him. Paul goes on into town. He's sitting there, he's been blind for three days. Jesus says, just wait, somebody's going to come and talk to you. This is Jesus talking to the messenger that's going to come and talk to Paul after he's been blinded. The Lord said to him, go thy way, for he, that's Paul, is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Listen to verse 16 here. 
This is Jesus speaking. For I will show him, Paul, the great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Whoa, son. That stood out to me. Here we have got Paul in the moment of history that he is called into the fold to do the work, son. And how does Jesus Christ describe it? He says, I'm about to show him how great the things he must suffer for my name's sake. That's what Jesus called out the moment he was calling Paul to do the work. He didn't say, I'm going to show Paul how great this life's going to be. I'm going to show Paul how many people are going to turn to me because of his missions and his journeys. He didn't say, I'm going to, I'm going to show Paul how financially wealthy he's going to become. He didn't say any of that stuff, man. And while I'm on that, you know another thing I'm sick of? I'm sick of people talking about this prosperity gospel stuff. I see it more and more. Let me tell you the main offender to this, Steve Harvey. He's going around talking about be be gracious for your blessings and you're going to get more. No, be gracious for your blessings and you may wind up in a ditch and learn to be gracious for your blessings while you're laying in the ditch or while you're in your daggone house. It's caught me, man. Telling you, man, people will fill your head with all kinds of stuff, and they're not lying to you. It sounds good to them. They convince themselves it's true. Do you know what? They know it's going to sound good to you, too. Paul called to do the work. What's Paul's synopsis of doing the work? We're going to go back to 2 Timothy, and I'm closing after this. What's Paul's synopsis? When he's done, what did Paul say it was like to do the work? 2 Timothy 4, verse 6. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Here's Paul's synopsis of doing the work. I have fought the good fight. That implies he was in a fight. I have finished my course. That implies he was running a race to win a prize. I have kept the faith. That implies that his faith was tested. That his faith was put through the fire. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness with the which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day and not only to me, but to all them also that love his appearing. That's you. Paul didn't say I was faithful with what God gave me. So he gave me even more. Paul didn't say I was grateful for my blessing, so God blessed me with more because he saw my faithfulness. No, Paul said I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. I have been beat down, stoned, shipwrecked, snake bitten, you name it. But you know what? You know what I kept my eyes on? 
a crown of righteousness that has been laid up for me. And that Christ shall give me at that day. Dang, man. Brand new phone you got. I ain't studying that phone. <clears throat> well, that's quite the message. The a couple things I that that I was thinking about would be that all of the blessings that that you hear people saying what Chad just said about and and it shows you where their desire and intent lies with it, right? It lies just like we talked about last Sunday. What I was talking about. Their desire really lies with getting more blessings or else why would they, aside from trying to attract a bigger audience, why else would they say if you are grateful for your blessings, you will get more? If you're really concerned about Jesus and sharing the message that he's called us to share, you would say, hmm, well, all right, cool. Well, if I get more blessings, great. If not, it doesn't really matter because this is the mission I'm on and this is what I'm concerned about. So what people are selling you tells you where what they really want in their life and maybe they're doing it for that reason or to gain a bigger audience and one other thing i'll share is that there is uh there's this for the sake of i know some of y'all's kids listen but there's this guy that we uh, i'll say it and then i'll probably talk about it next week but there's this guy, a lot of you might, may disagree with me about this, that we tell our kids lies about once a year. And, and you say, how far do you take this? And I, we did Thanksgiving with my wife's family today, and I, I was asking them, like, are y'all going to do that? You know, where are y'all at with this? And uh, they were like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's all right. But the question I ask myself is, how far do you go with it? right, is either lying is good or, or it's not. And that just, what Chad shared, that's, to me, I mean, in a very, I almost feel embarrassed to say that's put that's doing the work because it's so minor to the examples that are in the Bible. But that is an example of doing the work and how your life looks different than the people around you, how your life as a Christian, you, the work that you do, should be different and and you know that they tried to make points of why that I, that i shouldn't do that and things and i thought you know i, I kind of see what you're saying here but that's just not the way i believe and i'm a christian and i think you take it to the fullest extent again we'll talk about i might talk about this next sunday uh, i don't want to open up a big can of worms but that to me that's putting it that's putting in the work to some degree Again, it's a minor example of what's in the Bible, but those are the two things that stood out to me as you shared uh, just about my own life. So I'll turn it over to you and you take it. Let's see if anybody's got any comments. All right, comments. Y'all raise your hand. Y'all better have some comments or Chad's going to get on here and yell some more. <laughs> 